0: Select the mask agents best suited for this mission. Jason G, DJ, movie writer, '80s guru, vehicle code name Frontier. Wyatt B, e, sound engineer, movie writer, airman, vehicle code name Dakota. Personnel approved. Assemble Mobile Armored Strike Command
1: Welcome to episode 7 of Maskcast. My name is Jason and as always I'm joined by my mask agent buddy The Sonny Crockett to my Rico Tubbs Why Blue, oh, how are Oh
0: jeez, I'm good, how are you? I'm fine <laughs> I thought you were going to take that a whole nother way
1: no, no, no. Miami Vice, come on. Uh, I'm having fun coming up with these each week. I know you are. It's like a challenge. It is. I'm <laughs> going to start making some up. But, any- but anyway, we are glad to be back
0: in the MassCast studio at Mask headquarters. We've been having a blast these last several weeks. If you remember last week, we had our, uh, actually two weeks ago, we had our Cast concerning season one vehicles. We had a great time with that what do you think
1: yeah i mean if you voted in our blog poll we're up to at the time of the recording now we're up to 65 votes which is the most we've had on the blog since one of our actor polls was up there but uh yeah it was it was cool i think a lot of people participated and of course our contest has helped and if we release this episode at the right time you'll still have Uh, This will be the last day, and I think the next day, tomorrow, the 31st, will be the last day to enter our contest to win a Vintage Condor and uh, Brad Turner figure. So if you missed uh, the episode 6, I suggest you go listen to it, because there's a code word hidden in there. And you can email us to be entered into the contest, and we are going to announce the winner on April 1st. As far as the as the results go, um, it looks like people have voted Rhino their favorite right now at fifty five percent. Thunderhawk is at forty seven, Condor is at thirty eight, and Switchblades at thirty five percent of the vote. And that's we obviously did uh, multiple. You can vote for multiple toys if you wanted to. And poor Scott and T Bob in last place. At 7%. No one likes Cotton T Bob. I don't know <laughs> well, what is it is about them. It matches what I guess they were in the cartoon because most people didn't like, most of the time at least, the way they uh, interacted with the cartoon. But anyway, so a little programming note uh, we hope to release episode 8 probably around April 6th or maybe even the 13th of April. It'll just depend on when Wyatt's wife gives birth to their son. So we want to give him a little time in there to relax and enjoy the first few days and weeks of fatherhood.
0: Oh, it'll be enjoyment, if that's a word. (laughs) No, we're looking forward to it. Uh, He's expected around April 4th, but we know that babies don't like to come on time. So it might be early, might be a little later. Who knows? But we're anxiously
1: awaiting to see him. Are you ready to talk about some dinosaurs?
0: I'm ready to talk about MassCast. So this week, episode six is entitled Dinosaur Boy, and uh, we see that the intro is really not rushed. It's a very tranquil uh, setting. You see a lot of scenery, you see a little river, little uh, trees, Uh, it was really a nice start out. It wasn't like, here we go. Let's start some kind of episode. But as the scene unfolds, we see some natives escorting Venom through the jungle. And Miles becomes more and more impatient. And then we see him uh, using a viper torch to burn a hole in some really thick brush. What are you stopping for? Jungle too thick? Get out of my way!
1: powers of the god then
0: one of the natives of course says that is a sacred ground they shouldn't go there this is holy ground but miles of course insists that they go a little further
1: right and as far as the beginning goes um we'll see uh, later in the episode I, one of the masked characters mentions about you know this being kind of in a secluded or uh, uncharted area. And I think that's why they kind of take it a long time to develop in the beginning. Like it's, you know, deep in the jungle and, um, an unexplored, uh, area. Right. So mayhem, they, they find the dinosaur and he tries to throw the net around them. Uh, that doesn't hold. And the dinosaur starts attacking them. Right. And, uh, Mayhem tells Dagger to go after, uh, to go after the dinosaurs, and he grabs the baby dinosaur and they haul it out of the the jungle.
0: Right, and you see Rax using stiletto darts at the basically daddy dinosaur, uh, trying to stall him. Mayhem, I got the young one. Let's go. We've got what we need. Uh, something i noticed did you notice how the stiletto darts change from a glowing electro beam dart into actually miniature arrows
1: yeah and i think that kind of happened in one of the earlier episodes when they shoot out of his mask you get all the lights and effects and then they they turn into like actual darts i think it's when the uh the episode when they're in the radio tower and he pins that guy down on the the little oh, yeah. rolling platform there
0: yeah that was episode five i believe
1: mm-hmm.
0: yeah but back to our story you know big daddy uh, dinosaur roars as he's darted but they're bouncing off of him and then we see the dinosaur boy fall dagger grabs him while the mother is of course crying out like a, i guess a typical mother would do don't take my baby and uh, Dagger then returns to the gang and, and run. They all run off and as they're chased, they cross over a log that's over a like a fairly sized uh, river canal. And then Dagger looks back. Uh, he's the last one across. He looks back and shoots a torch beam, which burns and then ultimately disintegrates the log. But did you notice on that scene how he doesn't say torch on?
1: Well, that's one of the things that I took against this episode is, I think, pretty much at every point in the beginning when when Miles uses his mask and when Rax and when Dagger, they don't say, like, torch on like they had been doing. And they don't say stiletto fire. Right. Um, They're just using the masks without that voice activation that they've been doing through the first five episodes.
0: Right. And that was another one of my markdowns, as uh, as I was evaluating the episode. But uh,
1: yeah, so then we continue. Uh, Alex is just happens to be in the same jungle or in the area taking pictures. Um, the natives approach him. They ask for help. They say, I don't know if they say or he says a, sp- a spaceman took our stole one of our gods or lizard gods. They say that was
0: the the native. That, uh, yeah, right. And says that.
1: So Alex radios back to Matt in uh, Rhino, and Matt says, good work. I found dozens of stiletto darts at the scene of the kidnapping, Matt.
0: <laughs> good work, Alex. The PNA was right when they told us Venom was
1: down there. Indeed they are, old chap. I'll assemble Mask. We'll leave right away. And then uh, he says that the PNA, which we had talked about before, the Peaceful Nations Alliance was right that Venom was in the area. And that kind of pieced together, I guess, why Alex was there. Um, He's in this, you know, like they built up in the beginning, it's this remote place, and all of a sudden you have Venom and Alex there. Right. But I guess, you know, that's kind of pieced together why Alex was there in the first place. So uh, Matt assembles masks, and we get uh, pretty much a... Skeleton Crew, as compared to some of the other episodes, uh, we just get Bruce and Gloria and Dusty that are called, uh, and of course Matt and Alex. Right. But one mistake I noticed through that uh, through the assembly scene and when they energize the masks and all that, of course they have all of the masks on the, um, the drop-down little energized tube or whatever you <laughs> want to call it. And Matt takes Rhino's mask. Did you see that? He's got Thunderhawk suit on. He, when he reaches up to take it, you see the back of the Rhino mask.
0: Right. Well, I actually noted several mistakes. Um, one of which was when Matt is asking to assemble uh, or search for the best uh, team members for the mission, you see Shark flip up on Gloria's uh, – when Gloria is selected. But it doesn't say shark. It just shows her car.
1: Yeah, they don't say the they don't say the vehicle co name with her.
0: Right, and then it moves on, of course, to the team. They get to to the uh, mask headquarters. It seemed rushed there, which must have been be because there was so much content in the whole story that they didn't have their you know their sit down discussion and and tell them what's going on. I noticed the red mask, uh, rhino's mask, for Matt. I, and I also noticed that they energized all those masks, yet there was, what, four team members total that showed right. up? And then finally, Scott and T-Bob just abruptly show up at mask headquarters getting ready to pull
1: out. Yeah, you uh, have it, Gloria stops and she's like, uh, hi, Scott and T-Bob, you coming along for the mission or something? Right. I, I didn't like the whole scene. It just felt rushed. Like the whole, there was no, usually they assemble the agents, they get to Boulder Hill, they strategize a little bit, then they go up and they energize the masks. Anyway, that whole scene just felt so rushed and and just kind of thrown together, whereas the first five episodes, there's more strategy kind of when they first assemble. And I guess it might be because Alex was uh, not there or whatever. It could but, have been, uh, but
0: it also could have been just a rushed... You know, like, there could have been a lot of content within that episode, and, and uh, the writers and the cartoonists decided to, you know, chop it up a little bit.
1: Right. So, anyway, they they pull out with, uh, you know, Scott and T-Bob wanting to see the jungle or whatever their excuse was to, to tag along this time. Right. And then they finally talk it out with Alex... Uh, about the plan they say the tribes are fighting over who stole the lizard god which they really never showed no uh that whole side of it i guess um and then t-bob he does his little tribal dance and scott gives his normal plea to matt to tag along and matt of course tells him no right
0: And you see T-Bob, of course, they have to have a cut-up moment with that. You know, he's goofing around with this uh, warrior or chief mask. And then, you know, he quips saying that he's trying to fit in, which I thought was kind of goofy. I mean, he's already a robot. He's not going to fit in anyway. And then they put this mask. You see Tin Can legs. It's just not going to (laughs) happen. But uh, then the team is then... Kind of switched over to a dam and they're talking about Venom and Dusty of course chimes in and says you can almost smell the mangy pole cats yeah. and all of a sudden you see natives running and screaming for help and here's a, the here's what they call the lizard god is what they called it but it's really a daddy dinosaur coming through uh, chasing them out of anger and Mask is now convinced of course they now see the myth which is now fact, so they're they're convinced that it actually exists. And in this little segment, did you notice that this is the first time we see a mask caught with out their masks?
1: Yeah, well, th- yeah, that one kind of struck me. He's like, you better go get your masks on. Get your masks, but don't hurt him.
0: Uh, uh, how do you suggest we take him, man? Lead them to one of the
1: carrier elevators at the hydroelectric plant. We'll use it for a cage. Which, uh... I mean, that was kind of cool that they... Uh, developed that scenario. Um, because... Yeah, we've never seen them... When something is going on... And they're without any kind of firepower.
0: Right. Like Jason said, Matt tells them to get your mask on... But don't harm... The... The lizard or the, the... The dinosaur. And... Of course, you know, Alex is saying, how are we going to do that? Then Matt says we can put him in this elevator uh, and use it as a cage. Then the lizard ends up throwing a boulder at at the team. We see Gloria using Aura to disintegrate the boulder. And then I thought this was actually a good little scene where it becomes a little dramatic. You see the lizard uprooting a tree, then throwing. uh, As he begins to throw, you see Gloria slipping on a rock. Bruce catches her. And then the lizard throws the tree. Bruce quickly uses lifter to catch and then, then toss that tree away.
1: Right. And then uh, there's the whole scene where the after that, the lizard kind of corners Matt in the elevator, which I don't know what he was planning to do, like get him in there and then run through his legs or something, you know, to, <laughs> to get out of the elevator. But then the, the lizard, he uh, bites the cable to the elevator Matt falls and then Bruce saves the day again. Right. With the uh, lifter and then he pulls him back up. So we got a lot of lifter in that scene. Uh,
0: and of course, Matt, you know, he has to make a little quip about that too. He says that he wouldn't ride that again if it was at the amusement park.
1: <laughs> right. Right. But then, uh, then we go back to Rhino and Alex somehow comes up with this theory of the, uh, Dinosaur to man evolution process, I guess you would call it, right? And that explains what these uh, lizard gods are, or what as he calls them, dinosauroids. Yeah. And that was one thing about this episode that it just—they never could seem to come up with a name for these things consistently. No. You know, first it—you know—the name of the episode is "Dinosaur Boy," and then they call him Lizard. Right, they're like lizard gods and then dinosauroids. Um, so it, it's just inconsistent all the way throughout right. the episode. So, anyway, they figure out that they need to rescue the little dinosauroid. And uh, of course, Bruce gives his little saying about where it might be, and Dusty's like, would you mind unscrambling scrambling those eggs for us? I <laughs> love
0: that. That was hilarious. I like that, that was
1: the best, uh, best line in the whole yeah, episode. Like Dusty, and then
0: Matt deciphers what Bruce said, saying that the right. legend is far better than their modern technology, and then Dusty still looked at him like, huh? When one lives in a new age, one must not forget the advantage of the old. Would you mind on scrambling those eggs for us? He's got a point, Dusty. The primitive instincts of the dinosauroid are probably far better than our modern technology.
1: <laughs>
0: it's like yeah, there's something. that Matt, like, further explains it, saying that to find the Lizard Boy, they need to find to follow the father. That right. like lights are on. I get it now.
1: <laughs> they really played up his dumb angle.
0: I know. In
1: this episode, uh,
0: let me interject. Our Dusty isn't quite that dumb. He is country, but he's not that dumb on on our movie. I'm sorry.
1: <laughs> right. Yeah. That was a little. That was a little over the top there. But uh. So anyway, so they um, mask mounts up and leaves, and we cut the Scott and T-Bob off uh, their normal routine of sneaking out, sneaking away, right, to quote-unquote help, and then. uh... They're On their way, it looks like Matt is using Spectrum to scan for the dinosaur tracks. Right. But then they show, you know, it's just impressions in the ground. So I wasn't sure, you know, I didn't know if they meant it to be like he's scanning to find them or if it's just him, his point of view, kind of looking through the mask.
0: It must have just been his point of view. But later you see the actual dirt tracks, regular footprints.
1: Right, right. Scott and
0: T-Bar are coming up on the road. So I... I, I kind of thought that as more overkill. If you're going to use Spectrum, then the, yeah. then the footprints wouldn't be as noticeable. But if you're going to make them noticeable, what's the point of Spectrum? But, right. You know, it's a cartoon. Kids are, kids. don't quite catch that, you know, when,
1: when we were growing up. Right. And maybe we're being overcritical about it. But maybe. I, I guess I'm looking at this episode as what we've experienced through the first five and what to expect. Right. And it just some of the stuff wasn't fitting. So, anyway, they lead to they find this temple and they see this helicopter. Matt sends Bruce up to check the serial number on the helicopter. Do you
0: notice how how acrobatic Bruce was? He just hopped down off that cliff. Right.
1: Right off the cliff there, yeah. Which
0: was kind of hilarious, but then he sneaks up to the helicopter. Uh, then the scene, I noticed a lot there was a lot of back and forth kind of beginning now. They switch the scene Right. showing a series of tunnels in this uh, temple or pyramid-looking thing. And then we find Venom. And then here's a man, which it's later revealed. He's Ludric von Rhein. But he reveals a suitcase, which is full of pearls, in exchange for the jar. And they don't say what's in that jar right away. We later find out it's antibodies. But at the time, it's just a jar. Uh, right. It could be blood, for all I know. And then That's
1: what I thought it was, like... You know, like Jurassic Park, where they right <laughs> they're getting the DNA, which is and sticking it, you know. it in the shaving can, yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> then we
0: see the man asking if what happens if he needs more, and Miles makes a com- comedy out of it and just uh, suggests that he bring him the world's largest sapphire.
1: Right. Okay. Yeah. After these, these were the like world's largest pearls or right. whatever supposed to be, but I thought it was funny that Matt and and all them are able to kind of. Pull up the DMV <laughs> database or whatever and track down whose helicopter that was by the serial number, which to me was kind of, it's kind of ahead of its time, I would think.
0: Yeah, it that
1: is. They can, uh, that they could do that in 1985. I, don't, I guess there's probably a, well, you police know, police could be able to do that, but it uh, wasn't like a. Uh,
0: me and my 80s TV shows, you know, Kit could do that. Off, old Night Rider. He could dial into the police computers and find out any information.
1: So, okay. Well, I guess that's established then.
0: <laughs> at least for <laughs> '80s technology.
1: Right. Right.
0: Uh, well, TV technology. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. Uh, back to our scene. You know, you see the the lizard boy. Kind of sad moment. You see him in this in the corner in a cage, just lying there, just kind of pouting a little bit. Uh, he, and Then. Flips back, you see Scott and T-Bob making their way through the jungle. That's when they stumble on to Matt's tracks, uh, and then go following after uh, Mask. Then it flips again back into Rhino, where the team is looking at the serial number, like you said, Jason, and they're finding out that this guy's a billionaire, who who like. they're Then they're actually asking, what would a billionaire want to spend, and matt eventually comes up with the question what's the one thing that money can't buy what's the one thing money can't buy a longer life right doesn't the legend say these creatures live hundreds of years and if a human was injected with dinosauroid antibodies he might live a few hundred extra years the poor little boy creature let's go defense mode I thought it was actually kind of interesting how they, how Alex answered, and it was like a solemnly
1: for a longer, thing, yeah, which was pretty yeah. cool. Uh, it was, it was. I liked the the reasoning behind it was good, right. And going back to your point about the flip flop of scenes, I thought that was really good. We really hadn't seen that up to this point, right, in the episodes where it's mainly a lot of action. You get the story, maybe some more action, you know, after the story is kind of played out a little bit. But this is really kind of when you got two different sets of action going on at the same time, and they're kind of flip-flopping back and forth, right. which which made for, I, I thought, uh, decent watching, Yeah, you know. I agree. Um, so anyway, they finally get to the – they reveal the legend of the Dinosauroids that they – obviously were able to live for hundreds of years, and uh, that the antibodies would help the humans live longer. And then, so Mask goes back into defense mode, which I think is after, after they are going to go into uh, into the temple there. Right. And then uh, the uh, approaching helicopter comes, and the billionaire tries to get away, and he drops his box with the... Antibodies. In an- it. Antibodies. And, which, you know, all these kind of fumbling moments that are typical, I think, for these types of cartoons in the 80s. Right. Um, So, Venom, uh, after they get that box and realize, well, he's just let him go because he didn't get what he wanted anyway. uh, Venom shows up. Uh, Gloria uses the Gator Cannon to disintegrate a Piranha Missile. And then Rax drives into the hole again. That it made, yeah. This is like the, at least second time I've seen, you know, something shoot out the ground and he drives into a hole. Right. Um, And then, of course, Gloria gives the line, oh, we got a hole in one, Dusty, or whatever. Yeah, that was funny. (laughs) Uh, uh, T-Bob and Scott, they make their way into the temple then. The uh, then they flip back. The battle ensues with Rhino and Jackhammer. Uh, Dagger he drives right into the temple. Right. And Vanessa falls out, which I thought was comical. That was. Comical. She's kind of looking back at him and ready to give him the finger or something. <laughs> and and then you're then you go, you flip over to Switchblade and Thunderhawk uh, battling it out. And then we cut back to the temple. It's got T-Bob, and then they finally get to the little lizard boy, or right. dinosaur boy, to uh, to set him free.
0: Right, and when they when they set him free, it's like they they're stunned to actually see this dinosaur boy. So they're like surprised and in awe at first, but then they actually talk to him and say, hey, you know, don't be afraid. And after a while, he starts assumes that the dinosaur boy likes them. Then we see the shadow and roar of Daddy Dinosaur coming behind Scott and T-Bob. Then it splits right back into the battle scene with switchblade and Thunderhawk. Miles has Thunderhawk in his sights, but no words are said, which was kind of another good scene, I thought. Then it appears that Miles is ready to shoot a missile, but then we see uh, Thunderhawk's engines stall out, creating a heavy smoke cloud, which I thought was a kind of a
1: cool tactic to see. I thought that was more of a spy hunter, like, smoke screen, you know, kind of a weapon he used, but it did kind of look like he stalled it out. Right.
0: And that was a, I liked that scene, but then it, you know, the, there's the dramatics right there, and then it flips right back to the pyramid, where you see uh, the dinosaur daddy picking up Scott and T-Bob, and then Scott yells, saying that they didn't do anything wrong.
1: Hey! We haven't done anything
0: wrong! And then the dinosaur boy tries to communicate to his dad, and, and you can see him. It sounded like he was whining at first or crying, but as you watch it and you see the arm movements, you kind of figure out he's like, like explaining what happened to Big Daddy, and the daddy dinosaur like puts them both down and then rubs Scott's, you know, rubbing Scott's head for, you know, good boy. Then it flips right back to Switchblade, shooting shooting it out with, um, or shooting out a missile that narrowly misses Thunderhawk. Then we see Thunderhawk dropping another device onto Switchblade. It it kind of fascinates me how many gadgets are sitting under Thunderhawk that we don't know about. You know, we have, uh, we had the little explosive device Magnetic device that blew out the fuel line on Switchblade in the last episode. We have, we've seen, a I think, a rocket. I'm sorry, we, well, I'm mistaken. We haven't seen a rocket fire out of it yet, but that's on the toy. And probably in later episodes we'll see that. And then we see this new device uh, attached to the left wing of Switchblade on the jet mode. And it starts barrel rolling Switchblade into some brush. It crashes them. And here's something I've noticed. That I'm not sure if you've noticed how they seem to crash all the vehicles, but they don't wreck.
1: Yeah, there's no damage.
0: Yeah, they're in, you know, but it just fascinates me. And of course, it's a cartoon. You take more into it, you know, even again, going back to my TV shows, you saw the General Lee when it was flying through the air. As adults, we see the car crash, it's totaled. Yet, next scene, it's a brand new car. Same with Knight Rider, you know, he would jump or do whatever. And you'd see a fender or or something break on the car. Next scene, perfectly good condition, Trans Am. So, it, it, right. you know, it's that mystery that it's bulletproof or indestructible. <laughs> but uh, I, I,
1: I think a lot of cartoons were like that, where they don't really show too much damage. So it's debatable, you know. But anyway, so Venom, you know, after they pretty much everybody crashes, they somehow get back up on their wheels and... They retreat, and Mayhem gives his normal, you know, I'll get you next time, or whatever he says. Oh, he
0: actually says, Mask, I'll see you again. Mask,
1: I'll see you again. I'll see you again, yes. I I
0: actually liked that line. I thought, that was a clever, you know, that wasn't a threat or anything, just a promise. I'll see you again.
1: Well, they better they see them again or they wouldn't be a show. I know. <laughs> <laughs> so at the end, then we see the Dinosauroids uh, reunite. And Matt makes a little joke. He likens the love of the dinosaur family to the boys who disobey their fathers. Right. Uh, and
0: then I saw, did you catch, and I don't know, maybe I read into it, uh, a little more than I should have, but Gloria, you know, kind of spits out, "The power of love is amazing."
1: <laughs> yeah, I'm
0: like, is that a hint to Matt? Yeah,
1: or elbow? They- I didn't see her elbow moving to Matt, but
0: yeah. <laughs> so uh, good point. So you know, I thought that was kind of a,
1: a interesting hint
0: there that you know keeps us all in suspense.
1: Right. So, then the safety message at the end for pedestrian safety. We see these two boys running out into traffic to go over to the amusement park. And, of course, you must use the crosswalk at all times.
0: Right. Which was, uh, you know, it was a good safety message. Um, What I appreciated actually was uh, Scott and T-Bob thanking Matt for taking them to the carnival as they're pulling up. Yeah. Yeah. So, that, you know. Yes, you used to crosswalk, but I thought it was more appreciative to see uh, that interaction there. Great day for the carnival, Dad. Yeah, thanks for bringing us. Come on, let's
1: take a shortcut.
0: A person shouldn't cross the street unless they're in a crosswalk.
1: That's right, son. They're for people's safety. Uh, But you never see the uh, the two original boys who were trying to dart out in traffic make it across. It's just no, you don't. Them three (laughs) just don't do it. (laughs) Uh, Anyway, all right. Well, let's get on to our rating. What did you uh, what did you rate this episode?
0: Well, I gave it a four. I if I could put three and a half, I would, but I'll give it a four. Uh, Really? Mainly because of the little glitches that I saw. Um, The glitches were kind of. To me big. Uh like we said earlier, you got Shark being listed up on the on the mask notification, but it doesn't make mention of Shark. Uh and then later on in the scenes, the show you don't see Shark at all. Uh the the energizing of all the masks, yet there's four team members. You see Matt getting the red mask and not his Thunderhawk mask. Uh that that really, it didn't sit well along with the, the discrepancies of, you know, it's a lizard boy, then it's a dinosauroid, and then it's dinosaur. Uh, make up your mind. Yeah. So, but I gave it a higher rating because I liked the back and forth action that they had, the, dram- the dramatics. I liked the interaction that was going on. So that's why I gave it a little more of a nudge to four. But like I said, if I don't I can't see it as a solid three or a solid four.
1: What did you think? Well, this might be the first one where we're actually a little bit off, because I would give this episode a two. Woo. It was just, and really the only thing that saved it for me was that kind of back and forth action, and I thought about it like this. If I was going to give it a one, and if it was a totally bad episode, it'd be one where somebody came in, they watched it, and were like, turned off from the whole experience in the franchise right which it still had some elements some good back and forth and elements in the episode to kind of get people interested in in what was going on but the one that the the one that got me in the beginning when they didn't use the like voice trigger on the masks and there was a lot of hesitation in the delivery of the lines during the show did you notice that i
0: did notice a few yes
1: And I was like, "All right, well, it's time for you to talk now." (laughs) Um, And just kind of that thrown together feeling. It was just kind of like, "Oh, let's do dinosaurs this week." Okay, well, all right, they're lost in the jungle, and we'll have them go rescue one or something, you know? Right. It just—I don't know. It just seemed—I didn't didn't particularly care for it, I guess you could say. So. Out of, out of, And I'm looking at this as a big picture of the five episodes we've seen so far, and then here comes the sixth episode, which is just kind of a step back to me. Right. So I I couldn't give it good, and I wouldn't give it bad, so I got to go with cheesy, which <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if it was. It was kind of cheesy, I guess, with yeah. the whole dinosaur thing. But yeah. anyway, so that was, I guess, our first, <laughs> our first episode that we didn't necessarily agree with the rating on.
0: Yep, and there might
1: be many more. Who knows? There there could be. There could very well be. So we're recording this episode uh, before we're actually releasing the episode onto the blog for people to comment, so we don't have any comments at this time. The only real tie-in to the script that kind of just jumped out at me was the crash with Jackhammer, and where it flips over, and we have a, a scene like that in the movie script... Um, It's not Vanessa that gets thrown, um, and I don't know if we'll reveal who's the one that kind of gets thrown out, but um, did you pull anything out for the Uh, script?
0: Besides Jackhammer, uh, really the only other thing I I saw was the little hint at romance, if you want to call it that, with Gloria. We make it a little bit more pronounced, not by any excessive means, but uh, we kind of introduce a little bit of a romance uh, a long standing romance between Matt and Gloria in the movie but uh, we're going to leave that you know as a mystery as well we can't reveal all our secrets within the movie
1: well of course we can't reveal er everything or you know nobody's signed on to produce it yet
0: right well illusion is the ultimate weapon (laughs) exactly but
1: we've enjoyed
0: these episodes talking about them and we enjoy seeing and rekindling what we, what is in the episode that reminds us of uh, a little bits and pieces of our movie. And uh, though these bits and pieces are just subtle, uh, it won't reveal everything whatsoever in the movie. But you can see little bits here and there that are in the movie that. Uh, we think are uh, really culminating to an awesome movie something that we would like to see on the big screen like any mask fan um, we selfishly look at it as at least doing a sequel um, and that's the way we actually wrote it but who knows what will happen
1: yes I agree it's been it's been fun to go back through these and, and kind of see the elements that we used in the script so but that's gonna about do it for this week we Always invite you to go on to the blog and vote for what rating you give it. See who's right this week. We can see who sides more with Wyatt or who sides more with Jason in the poll. So we'll see what happens with that uh, in the intro of Episode 8. And speaking of Episode 8, next week we'll be talking about Mask Episode 7, which is the Rotex. This is where Venom steals a swarm of metal-eating bugs secretly developed by the military. Now, that sounds like a a good setup to me compared to this week.
0: Sounds like something you could chew on. (laughs) Anyway, enough with our bad jokes. We want to thank you for tuning in to MassCast. We enjoy it, and uh, hope you did too. And we'll see you next time on MassCast.